That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, Nelson Mini, alongside for the ride is a man that finally acknowledges me as part of the bloodline, JC. That's the only thing with your name that I acknowledge. Uh, I'm wearing a Jesus Nestle Curse t-shirt. That is the only way that you will get acknowledgement from it's me, it's me, it's JC, JC. Um, yeah, Nestle Mania, we just got through War Games, which was part of I'm a survivor, I'm a forgiver. We're going to have series, but not actually have any series matches. Do you even know the words to Survivor by by the, you know, Destiny's yeah, Child? It's a classic. It I is a gave kid. you the words. No, you, got, you had none of it remix. right. None of it was right. That was a Survivor Series remix version, oh, WrestleMania, which I wrote. So whatever the words are, are correct because I wrote them. Okay, fine. Anyway, we have a lot of wrestling to talk about. I think that Survivor Series was uh, the right amount of uh, <laughs> matches. It seemed like, you know, and it, it was yeah, definitely... Yeah, could have dropped one. Well, yeah, there was one partic- you know, in particular we could probably get rid of if we wanted to talk about. But anyway, uh, Survivor Series was a, an interesting day. It was an interesting night. Um, I'm curious your thoughts. We'll start in, uh, you know, chronological order. Kicked off very well, as uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley said in the press conference. You get to start hot, you get to end hot. And uh, they definitely had uh, the women starting off, which I thought was great. Um, I did chuckle on, on poor EO. In that little corner spot, that was rough for her. Um, the crossbody from Nikki Cross through the table. I'm sorry, uh, crossbody was great. Then the table spot with wedging uh, Belair was a nice little touch too. There was like a little chess move that I really liked. Um, Eo's backflip. I thought Bianca had blown out her knee, which scared the ever living shit out of me. I'm curious your thoughts on 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 everything. But the ending, of course, Becky Lynch saves the day with her ginormous leg drop. That. Looks terrible, and everybody wins. So it's a thing. Well, I'll get to that in a moment. But I thought this match was a lot of fun. Um, it wasn't as story filled as the one we'll talk about uh, later. There were like the little things going on, but it certainly had the spots. Um, it had a lot of people were interested in. I love Bianca coming out first. Kind of, she's like, I'm the, the captain. I go out there and I'm taking it, like you said. Had the injury scare uh, there, but I mean, hey, I think it can, we came out pretty clean considering because I talked about my concern with these matches is like big players getting injured because historically it has happened. It, I'm sure there's some minor injuries here and there, but it appears we may have really escaped any major ones to keep players which is nice but i thought this was a good mix of women um the pacing of these matches is always weird because of like the five minutes to five minutes and then the match doesn't count until then so it's just like you're just kind of dealing damage i get why they do it and it is really entertaining so it doesn't bother me even though i'm probably never gonna be a big proponent of like the rules of it because they're just I don't know. It's just it's just weird. But I actually really like the ending. Obviously, Becky was the person announced to come back. Um, she got the big signature win. She seems to be now the center point of someone feuding with damage control. So hopefully Bianca can get away from damage control for a little bit, having Becky kind of fill that void. Um, 
I know you like to shit on the leg drop, and I usually it's not my favorite thing ever, too. But when you're doing a leg drop WrestleMania from that far up high, like as someone who sees a chiropractor, shout out uh, Dr. Joe, uh, once a week, watching someone land on their tushy from that high, the freaking things that that sends up your spine, that is fucking dangerous, and that can be really, really fucking painful. So shout out Becky Lynch. Um, we'll talk about her more on Monday because she had a great week, but the man is back, WrestleMania, and you better put some respect on her name because she is one of the biggest stars in the women's division. Oh, she's absolutely one of the biggest stars in television on WWE. That's not what my debate is. My debate is that the leg drop is the most oafy looking thing I've ever seen in my life. That's what I'm going to say. She's a star. She's not like we've had this conversation privately. She is the star. There's no doubt about it. She is amazing. She does things better than anybody else. In the ring, she's actually pretty good. She's very good in the ring. You know what I mean? She has the best matches. She's good. But that leg drop is oafy to me. It's just oafy. It just seems like... We throw my feet out instead of any impact. And again, you're saying, oh, landed on her tushy. Her tushy landed on two members of damage control. Yeah, but it's table. still, it's, no, it's, it's the fine. impact of the thing. It doesn't matter what you're landing on. Going from that high, like, oh, that's, knock it that's off. a dangerous maneuver. I mean, I know, I think I figured it out. I think I figured out why you're such a mon hater. Oh, it's Jesus. Because Becky Lynch has orange hair. Oh. And you try to say that orange is your color, but she does it better than you. So I think you're just jealous of the man like most people. And maybe I should, you know, nestle curse. It must work reverse on Becky because she just keeps becoming a bigger and bigger deal the more you try to put her down. I'm not putting her down. I'm just saying get rid of the move. That's all I'm saying. I thought the move looked good and it was a great no, way to cap off the No, it looks like, game. listen, from listen, you know who has an amazing leg drop? Fandango. Exactly. Amazing. Yeah, it was great. Watch the trajectory of him, and he just goes for it, and his ass hits the mat. Becky Lynch looks like someone pulls a rug underneath her, and she just goes whoop and falls. That's all I'm saying. Everything else of Becky is fantastic. The move set's terrible. The rock, the manhandle slam is a terrible yeah, rock bottom. The next, that, yeah, the next thing she's gonna do is go, "Hey, Rock, can I borrow that shit shooter that you do?" Because The Rock has the worst sharpshooter of all time. He just sits there and he's like, ah, it doesn't make any sense. So anyway, yes. Anyway, War Games, women's edition, fantastic. Not a lot of story, but a lot of great kaboom. Gotta love it. It was the hot way to start the show. I loved it. Obviously, neither of us were there. I think Joe Stopper was there. I think Dommy Feds was up on the nosebleeds, I believe. Uh, our boy Guthrie and his friends were there. Uh, our boy... Uh, Oh, never mind. He wasn't there. Uh, my brother Kenny and my buddy Tony were there. There was like all these people I knew. My buddy Graham was in the press conference. Shout out to WrestleRant. He was asking a question and Heyman totally shot him down. But uh, I, he's doing great. So check out WrestleRant. He's doing awesome stuff. But uh, just a great night. Moving on, it was something that, again, I want to talk about. We'll talk more about it specifically. But I want, before we get to the. The Finn AJ match. I want to talk about the thread of mm. Roman Reigns and Jay and Sammy throughout the night. Started on SmackDown too. So yes, and I think that's the issue that they had was how do they thread the needle with this kind of format, right? Like we know the match is going to be interesting, but they made you think about it the entire night. There were multiple segments. Yes, my tribal chief. Let me call him, and then like they had the hug. Let's go do this thing. All of it was working and it was wonderful. So I just wanted to give a special shout out to them for working extremely hard to make this not even just a payoff in the cage, but a payoff throughout the night. It was definitely something that was a positive of War Games. But moving on to another positive, AJ Styles versus Finn Balor, uh, the two sweet edition, I guess they could say. Um, 
Everybody was definitely into this one. Everybody thought it was great. I love the Gaga between the two sides. And then, of course, they had to brawl. So when I saw the Gaga and everything spill out, I thought to myself, well, AJ's winning this one. He's lost three, what, three years of singles matches on pay-per-view. Uh, I should have picked him. And uh, Finn, as, as we've seen, is uh, bulletproof. Yeah, seriously. Uh, clearly, because I mean, the, all the guy does is take L's and nobody seems to care. I don't care. I mean, look at those abs. If I had abs like that, bullets would bounce off me too. Yeah, obviously, right? But the the thing is, is, it wasn't the best match on the card. Everybody was sitting there saying it's match of the year. Oh, it was God, good. No. Hey, you can't be when you have two War Games matches and then no. a freaking triple threat, which we'll get oh, to. Oh, my God. I got to tell you, that the AJ match and Balor, I thought something was wrong with me because I just saw my timeline blow up about how great it was, and I'm sitting well, here, and I'm just gotta like... You got to remember, especially with your timeline, it's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of just like, you know, big time wrestling fans. And that, there's a lot of basement that, This is something they're going to whip their pants off for. No, not necessarily that. Cause it's just not, it's not all that, but it's just like, like those are two of the more beloved guys in wrestling. And you get a lot more of the diehards. Like this is a, that this was a match for the diehards. So whether it was kind of like a lot of AEW matches, cause that's pretty much like diehard central. If you get two guys that they really like, even if it is, cause I thought it was like, it was a fine match. It was obviously nothing special compared to what we got the rest of the night, but it's just like, you know, the they're going to work with that no matter what, you know? So it is what it is. It is what it is. That's the best way to put it. Uh, moving on to something else that I wanted to talk about. And not Do necessarily. You? I don't really. What, what is it? I wish I took a nap. What does he say, Bertsky? I wish I took a nap through AJ and Finn after, and then the match after it. Well, thank you for adding that into a, what we call a segue in the biz, Bertsky, because the next match, unfortunately, was not for anybody. Uh, Shotzi versus uh, Ronda Rousey. I, you can't sugarcoat it. That was fucking awful. What did I tell you last week? I said, how is there any possibility where you take Rousey, who's, we know what she is, but then Bocce herself, Blackheart, like, it just, like, there was no fucking chance this match. Look, I like both these women. I like Shotzi a lot. I appreciate her effort. Like, I think she's a fun character. I understand why people like her. I really like her, too. But in the rain, she ain't it. That's why I don't know if she'll ever be like a singles champion or anything like that. And this was just like, it was a cool opportunity to give her. This is a nice card to kind of hide it on and kind of like put it, that notch in Ronda's belt. But it was just like, we knew there was no fucking way in hell that this was going to be a good match. And uh, yeah, it wasn't. I will say this much. I would like to probably put 90% of the blame on Shotzi. No, no, no. Maybe that's not fair. Yeah, that's not fair. I'll give it. It would see. It's got to maybe. You know what? I'm I'm gonna go the other way. It's gonna be eighty percent on Ronda because <laughs> that was the biggest fucking flip flop I've ever seen. Oh yeah, but here's the thing, right? <laughs> you just flip flopped one hundred and seventy percent. Math is not my uh, my my forte. <laughs> Ronda, I, I was gonna give it to Shotzi because she's botchy, but then I thought about it more, and I've seen clips of Shotzi doing that DDT to the apron that other women can do. Well, yeah, women who and know then, how to sell. Ronda and then Ronda Rousey is just like it's like. Ronda Rousey is the equivalent of playing with a cat. Like, cats are kind of limber when they want to be. They're also incredibly dumb animals sometimes. So they just wow. fall and hit you themselves. You a lot of cat people. Oh, I'm a cat person. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's, just, there's something about her where it's like she's athletic. She's a star. She can punch people. But she doesn't bump. Don't bump well. well that's the thing. And, that, and I said this before with Rhonda, and it's just the expectation for us to think she's going to bump is she literally has been trained her entire life 
to not show weakness and not sell moves because she is trying to kill her opponent or get points from the judges by no selling damage. So literally from her going from MMA being the biggest killer on the planet to this, it's the complete opposite of what she's done her whole life. That's why I give someone like Shayna Baszler a lot of credit because she can sell decently well. She's not the best seller in the world, but she's someone who is of that same like type of like mindset had to completely change it to come to wrestling. Now granted Shana had a lot more training and time to adjust than Rhonda has, but it's just, it's one of those things with Rhonda. It's one of those expectations we got to throw out the window because it's never going to happen. That's why as long as she around, she kind of has to be booked as the champion or like the dominant force because there is no other way. Same thing with Brock Lesnar. Like they don't book Brock Lesnar to be a fucking bitch and whatever, but no, but Brock Lesnar can sell. Yes, he can when sell. He but sells, he was, he's the best exactly, seller in the but business. He was also trained to be a fucking wrestler and then became an MMA and then came back. So he's just like, Brock Lesnar is one of the greatest of all time. Like we understand like Rhonda is, is never going to be in that category in terms of whatever, but that doesn't mean she's not a dominant force. So especially when you put her in some of these matches, that's why the live one was tough too, because it's like a lot of Liv's offense would have had to been like these like weird athletic moves that require Rhonda to sell. Cause she's much smaller. It obviously weren't as bad as this, but like they don't work, but Shotzi's kind of the same way. Unless if, unless if it's going to be like a violence match between Rhonda and Shotzi, like a street fight, it ain't going to work. And obviously we weren't going to do that because we just did that with live a month ago. So this is what we got. It was bad. And uh, I think we need to uh, wash our, wash it out of our Let's mouth. have a moment of silence. Everybody grab a beverage and let's pens our uh, pens cleanse our palate. That's been a long morning for me. I didn't get enough sleep. Anyway, moving on to something that I thought was really cool. The triple threat match had zero expectations of this being blowing my socks off. I was watching this thing going, holy fucking good. Goddamn. How can zero expectations. I came on this podcast last week and I said this would be the best match on the card. It's the card I'm most looking forward to because it is three fucking guys who are absolute studs who have carried the company this year and the chemistry between the three is off the charts. And this was this was a beautiful fucking spectacle of enjoyment with these guys. And then you had the twist at the end, which none of us saw coming. And the other thing too is it made me laugh because it's just like oh Triple H in the press conference was like yeah two weeks ago you guys were saying he was buried he was gonna he had the worst year ever and then look two two weeks later he's the champion shut the fuck up and let me do my job so it was just like so funny you know but like he's I, a mid card champion though again which he already was no I get that the money in the bank represented him going to the next level I get that what the money in the bank did is yeah sure he didn't reach the next level but he's got knocked back to where he was so all this booking did Triple H was confirm to us that you think he's a mid carder mid so you know uh, what it's, it's one of those he's like I understand this thing and we said a couple weeks ago yeah he got his stuff back and like I obviously didn't even think he'd do this so this is at least something for him but it's like don't go fucking victory lap in this one Triple H because no no you still fucked up you still cost this kid a chance at the top you had him cash in and lose against a mid-card title I don't care if he won the mid-card title two weeks later he already had a mid-card title you've already told us he's an elite mid-carder we thought he was ready for the next level you told us he ain't it so until I see otherwise no victory lap for you, buddy. Wow. I'm serious. You know, and I, I praise Triple H the majority of the time because I agree with a lot of things he did, but this one, no. And that that little, like, thing, when he said that, I freaking laughed. I'm like, you're a fucking moron. You're going to have all these little nerds fooled, but you ain't got me fooled, buddy. I'm on to you. Espresso. That's what you are right now. Full of espresso shot. The adrenaline. Shot. Adrenaline. Cold brew. In my soul. Something, something's got to go. And about a, uh, um, oh no, what is it? it? Somebody, somebody on Twitter was like, something, something, Cody Rhodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's, it was, uh, it was to me, I, I said this to my buddy Atley, Atley Green, shout out to Wrestling Logic. What a great guy that guy is. Um, 
Check his stuff out. We were talking about how this might be the best triple threat match since Kurt Angle, The Rock, and uh, Undertaker, which is high praise, in my opinion, because that, to me, is the quintessential turn it on to show somebody how you can do a triple threat match. Uh, so this one was fun. Uh, that's pretty good. That's yeah. a pretty good comparison because that is, yeah, and I, I guess I haven't really thought about it in that context, but, I mean, yeah, I, I think I'd put this one up against anything else. Right, yeah. and again, I'm not saying it's going to be match of the year. I'm just saying in terms of a triple threat, which no. is incredibly hard to do, uh, and keep your interest and go, you know, A fights B, B fights C's, C fights A, all that crap. It's hard to, to, from a standpoint of structuring a match, it is very difficult. So when I watched this, I went, wow, they did a fantastic job. And honestly, they blew, they blew everybody out of the water on this card. I thought they did a great job. Moving on to War Games. Uh, definitely. Okay. Were you mouthing it? What were you doing there? War Games. Okay. Anyway, um, definitely the story portion of the program. Uh, where we had a lot going on here. Um, we didn't know what was going to happen with Sammy. We didn't know what was going to happen with KO. We didn't know what happened with Jay. We didn't know what was going to happen with Roman. I liked Roman having the seat, uh, obviously. Then he, at last second, changed out Jay, uh, sorry, for Jimmy for, for Sammy in the cage. Nice storyline, forcing them to work together. Uh, Sammy saving Jay a number of times. Then, of course, the low blow, and then handing off KO to Jay to win. And they all hug a it sacrifice. up, sacrificed him. And then, of course, Jay with the fucking hug and getting all excited and doing that stuff. He can finally stop not being, uh, you know, stonewalled. He can finally be a little more oozy, baby. That's Usy. what this was all about, baby. Yeah. This, was, this match was drizzling, drenched in storytelling. It was such a delicious, chewy, mouth-watering delight of a meal. It gave us everything. The hug was the, the dessert. No cherry on top. Fuck cherries. No one likes cherries. I know you whoa, do. Whoa, whoa, not, whoa, whoa. We're not getting into it right now. We've already had this discussion going to past podcast, but it's just the actual dessert was the hug. But this just... This was such a beautifully put together match. It was a well executed match. You knew it was going to have the fun spots with all these guys involved. But just like if Sami Zayn wins like actor of the year, Jey Uso wins best supporting actor, Roman Reigns big wins fucking overlord of the year, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Like just like this, just this, this was a masterpiece. This was an absolute masterpiece of storytelling. This is why WWE has always proves itself to be such elite when it takes like when they really, really put stuff into something story-wise that there's nobody who can come close. This is just a beautiful thing. We're now at the pinnacle of Sami Zayn within and part of the bloodline. Now we await the journey of how does this go wrong? Because we know eventually it will, but we have reached that the perfect harmony of Sami Uso being the right there with Roman and the Usos and Solo. So it just, this was a beautifully done match. And Bertsky adds, Cherry Stink. So he doesn't like go. anything, but I'll take the W. Then. Well, Bursky's, I don't know if, if Bursky, if having Bursky on your side is a good thing or a bad thing. So, well, WrestleMania, I'll say this. You guys, uh, I mean, y he might make you look not picky. That's whoa. Picky. And you're fucking a picky motherfucker. Wow. Bursky, yeah, we got to so. go out to eat sometime. I want to yeah, see what you happens. Go get chicken fingers and fucking toast. Oh, that was, you had it and then you dropped it. That's okay. That's I all know. right. You, your insult was boing flip. It's fine. Whatever. Anyway, yeah, moving on. Boing flip uh, my fist off your face. Boing. All right, anyway, so here's the other thing that nobody really uh, seems to talk about specifically. Uh, the ending of the match, everybody throws up them ones, right? And then, of course, Roman's doing this disgusted look. I don't know if he's looking at Solo. I don't know if he's looking at Sammy or Jay or he's upset that his pants are black and not red. You can find out why on the internet. Uh, but it's it's an interesting little dichotomy there because now it's like people are like, it's not Solo because he's the enforcer. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm going to blow one of my hopes here uh, on this. 
Now that everything's in harmony with the bloodline, the wheels are going to come off. That's what 100%. I think. I think I think the infighting is what kept them hungry, kept them kept them keep their, their edge. And now that Sammy and Jay and Jimmy are all like happy together, they're going to lose their edge and things are just going to fall apart. They're just going to start losing like all the time. That's what I think is going to end up happening here. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I know. I think and we definitely know like with the Royal Rumble and Elimination Chamber in Canada and then WrestleMania coming up, like those are three big pay-per-views that are going to heavily involve uh, the bloodline because we expect Roman to be at all three of them, probably defending his title at all three of them. But also then you have the Rumble wild card, which I mean, it's going to be interesting how they do Sammy for the Rumble, because they, if they put him in the Rumble, he's going to come out early and oh, get out early. Because yeah. if he sniffs the end of that, I don't care if you have the fucking biggest stars in the world. It's going to be tough. Like the crowd's not going to know what to do if it comes down to Sammy and Cody. It's just oh, like, they're going to explode. Like, yeah, exactly. So it's like you don't even want to give them that opportunity. Same like same thing with Seth. Like that's another one. Like the problem, the problem you have. Like and it's a good problem to have. You have it's multiple, a great problem. You have. have multiple people that you want to see dethrone Roman Reigns, but the issue you have is that Cody's been gone for, what, six, nine months? So it's like unthawing versus a guy who's red yeah. fucking hot. Well, and it's like, pretty simple. It's pretty simple what you do. is You do Roman and Seth at the Rumble. Roman wins. You have Cody win the Rumble. Sammy gets out early. Maybe uh, someone costs him. You do Sammy and Roman at the Canada pay-per-view. That way he's not in the Elimination Chamber either for whatever that would decide. But it's either KO or Sammy has to face Roman probably at the pay-per-view. And it feels like KO's closer to facing Roman now than maybe Sammy is. So maybe he's the Rumble match. I don't know. But And then at WrestleMania, you can do Cody Roman because by then like the Sammy stuff will be over with um unless if he's feuding with the usos or whatever but it just like it's it is it's gonna be interesting to see how they book it that's how i would do it we'll see how they do it um you can call that predictable if you want or, not, or whatever but that's just the way i would do it but i'm curious it is gonna be real interesting because like they they have an opportunity for a lot of special things they could go a bunch of different directions for roman at mania and the one i want the least is the rock but cody <laughs> or sammy like tickets, one and though. two yeah I, it, Hundred percent, because like casuals don't, they might not. Even right, know the Rock is the is, is the is the lot of last year. I, yeah, but I that's what I, as, as someone who watches every week, I don't. No, you want don't that want that at all. Do that next year when Roman doesn't have the title anymore and have it be a fucking legacy. But match. it's in it's in it's in L.A. That's what it comes down to. It's Hollywood, I agree. baby. Do Miz Rock? No, Miz isn't even on that level. Anyway, uh, scale to one to ten, how do you feel about War Games? I thought it was fun. I'd give it a seven and a half. Okay, I was thinking seven and a half as well. I it was enjoyable. Uh, the one it was it was the, fun. The one and I we've talked about this privately in the, in the Jabberknocker thread, but I think it bears repeating for everybody else. The one thing I would take from a production standpoint, because we work in production, we work in all these things. Then the three minutes or whatever it was, I think it's five, isn't it? Was it, it no? I think it was five to start, and then every every one after that was oh, three okay. minutes. Five minutes was fine. It's the three minutes is tough. And five on five is tough for me because originally war games was four on four. It seems because you get I did the math. It's twenty five minutes before the match. I was just starts. saying five on five is fine if they come out quicker. Right. So it's once they're all in there, I think it's yeah. fun. But I just like it's it's yeah because it's it's one of those. It's kind of like the money in the bank too. You have a lot of guys like taking breathers, so you can only have like one set of action at a time. So it's like understandable why they pace the match like that because they want everyone to have an opportunity to shine. But. I don't know. It's just one of those things. But, like, yeah, you look at the women's match. I could have done without Mia Yim in there, and I'm right. sure you could have taken out someone on the other Nikki side, Nikki Cross, too. probably, you know. Yeah, but they're, yeah, yeah, those two would be probably the two for me. That's what I would do. But anyway, that's it. But a good uh, good War Games, good Survivor Series. I look forward to see what happens going forward. Maybe they'll do more press conferences. I really enjoy We talked about why AEW does great on the press conferences. Uh, but WWE does them better, you know. Uh, they're different. Yeah. They're different. 
Byron um, Saxon is a police cop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's police they're academy. Different. Yeah. They're different and I like that because WWE for a little while, even before AEW did them, was doing them and they just stopped for some reason. It was like back in the days they, when they had Talking Smack too. Like they did a lot more of that stuff and it kind of just disappeared for a while and then AEW kind of took it and made it good. And now, now that Triple H is more... Um, in charge it seems all that has come back but i think all that stuff is good like just all the extra content and chance for people to flesh out their characters on tv we all win man. right right um anyway moving on we'll get into the regular part of the show let's get shine worthy um I, we got to put bob in the shine because bob's a big yeah, deal i was gonna say shine off the shine always in the shine much like mandy rose fucking big bob out there with becky lynch nestlemania it's one of those things with Becky Lynch for a while, like during her heel run, every time she had a promo segment, I fucking hated it. And I fast forward and turned it off because it was unbearable. But there's something about the man with the people that is just good fucking TV. And, you know, she went out there and she found she found a jolly good fellow that I really enjoyed. Bob was great. Bob was respectful. Bob was fun. And he paid off Becky perfectly. That other guy, I thought, like, uh, that was... That he was, was getting a little, a little weird. Getting a little weird. I forgot his name. Uh, but dude, Bob was the man. Bob deserves to be in the shine. I That was probably my favorite segment of the week, too. So wow. it was a lot of fun. It was something different. It was nice to see the man character back. That's why I said Becky had such a heater week, because she obviously got the big finale at War Games. They let her pick it up right off on Raw. And it just felt fresh, because it's like... Damage control and Bianca, I was just like, please find a way to make this like not be a thing anymore. Let Bianca move on. Let damage control control move on. And Becky was just what the doctor ordered, babe. Uh yeah, baby. So Becky the Becks, number one shine this week. Wow. Uh so look, I appreciate that it was the first hour was commercial free. That felt different, felt cool. Um, they obviously had to work a little bit harder in terms of what was going on in Raw. The one thing I will say that it bothered me because it basically solidifies what we've been saying on this program about damage control. Becky Lynch took it to three people, yeah. you know, back there in the brawl. And all I could think about was, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they has a bum knee, uh, the, you know, the tag team champions, whatever. But like, all I could think about was the man is beating up three of them. The man, WrestleMania, come on. It's just, it's just like, I would have liked to see somebody come to her aid, maybe something, you know, but like eh, all I could think about I was damage it. control I don't can't put her away. Control is a dominant group. I don't, but they weren't dominant. They, I do. They, I completely believe they're that not dominant. Beat up all three of them at the same time. No, I'm sorry. They, I can't. I can't. I can't because logically in a fight, three people should be able to beat one person. That's my not thought. Those three. Doesn't matter. A person nope. versus three people should not be able to win. That's not it. Three. I believe in the man. I guess I believe she's in the mom not, more than you do. She's not a superhero. You know what I mean? Like she's ah, she not. pretty much is. The, no. the, 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 the man, she's a the man. big time Bex was a fake superhero. The man is an actual superhero. Well, either way, it's nice to see that she's a baby face again, I guess. Um, we'll see where it goes. Hopefully she doesn't win a championship because she don't need it. I look forward to you uh, shitting on her next week. Same time, same bad channel. I you giving all the, uh, the big time Bex, uh, the man fans a week. The man uh, fans. To all enjoy right. her comeback before you start shitting all over her. Anywho, uh, let's move on. What else? Because no, it's, right. it's shine worthy. <laughs> let's go. What else? Uh, Bloodline segment with KO. I mean, it's just like it's it's still good. I like that they kind of like found a way for like to not kind of do this how I was expecting. Being like KO, it's like Sammy. I'm just done with you. Period. Because like I get it, man. I'm just done. I don't want to be around you. I don't want to wrestle you. I don't want to do anything with you. I'm just done with you. And I kind of enjoyed that because it was kind of like. It it was not what I was expecting, but I, like in a good way, if that makes any sense. So I did like that. And obviously we had the main event between him and Jay, which was a great main event. After Jay sticking up for Sammy, they're continuing to nail that home. 
Um, but obviously KO does get the win in the main event. So it is kind of going towards your hope there of the bloodline, you know, maybe it's starting to pile up some L's, but I just, I don't know. KO and the bloodline's always good, but I thought like him kind of giving Sammy like a definitive like thing being like, I'm just done with you period. Like, for better for worse is done like i thought that was good because obviously we know at some point it's going to come back around but it's a good way to take that book put a bookmark in it put it back on the shelf and come back to it in a few months and uh it won't get stale so i thought that was good yeah again i i am curious to see what happens obviously if you read the dirties you hear that uh, somebody got a busted eardrum so ko may be out and uh sheamus might be in but again the way they wrote raw you know you never know so it's interesting to me to see that dichotomy happen because you never really know anything because we're not part of it um, but I think KO makes the most sense, like you said, especially Royal Rumble season makes a lot of sense. We got a month, about a month, two months, two almost months. before then. Yeah. So that's why I feel like KO could be like an end of the year type match. And then we move on to someone else or who knows, maybe Sheamus is the end of the year type match. Yeah. KO is later, but it is, it's going to be interesting because a day one pay-per-view is gone. So I don't know if there's any live events before the Rumble now. I think we might have nothing. So, I mean, they have that, uh, India, uh, was it, uh, India pay-per-view apparently that's going to be happening but i don't uh, know that'll be interesting to see how they handle i don't know it. how they're going to handle if all it, the so. top stars go over there or not maybe yeah. maybe i don't know i have no idea um anything else i mean this, uh, i feel bad not including things on smackdown but i feel like smackdown's kind of like the forgotten match or it's imagine. a go-home show i mean i will say this much. beating braun was a surprise yes yeah, so i will say this much how do you feel about that two of your favorites do you care i mean i just i i I thought the way they did it like made sense um, and was good because I thought it was it was it was a surprise, you know, because we thought especially after last week, we thought it was pretty straightforward. It was going to be Braun and Santos. And I just every now and then when they kind of like zag when you zig, like I think that's good. So I'm not upset with it. Like you said, it's two of my guys either way. So it was a win win for me. And Ricochet probably didn't need it more because, you know, with Braun, like, uh, you know. Does that affect him at all? I don't think so. Motherfucker's still going to roar and fucking take bodies everywhere he goes. But for Ricochet, it's a pretty big win, and now he's in a big spot. Do you feel like it's putting... I mean, we all kind of know the World Cup was kind of an eh thing anyway. Do you feel like it makes it less exciting because it's no longer having Braun in there? Like if no, Santos has to... I are you not excited for Ricochet Santos? No, that'll be a fantastic match, especially yeah. if they get and the it, time. And it has a lot of meanness. A number one contender match to take on Gunther. Right, but I mean like Gunther running away from Braun made me go, I got to see this match. And maybe that's well, how they get to yeah. the Rumble. I don't know, but... And, uh, and like we said, we have a lot of time now, so it is it's interesting for Gunther because... Like, you're going to have a number one contender for his title, but it also feels like Braun is heavily involved there. So it's one of those things I always talk about. I like having different people, like, all going for it, because that's how it should be. Because if I was on that roster, I'd be trying to gun for gold the whole time, too. Right. No, it's it's it's, it's fine. It's just, it threw me off. It really did. It was just like, oh, it seemed logical, but now it's illogical, and, you know, it'll be fine. I, I doubt Santos will win, even though I would love to see him win. Clearly, Ricochet will win. It's interesting, because we've obviously, we've seen Gunther Ricochet. That's who right. he beat for the IC title, so it's... It gives me pause to think that maybe they do give Santos this spot and it's just kind of a one-off and he loses to Gunther. Or what if Braun costs Gunther the title and Santos now takes the IC title because he probably needs it more than Gunther does at this point? As much as we'd love to see the law and rain, an easy way to get that L for Gunther is to have fucking big old Braun come in and cost him and they can feud without the title. And then you have Santos walking away a champion, which for a group that probably needs a little bit extra on the main roster, having a, being a champion right away would certainly help that. So something to think about. Something I don't agree with, but something I agree that I don't agree, but it may have to happen. I don't know. Um, moving on, we got the, uh, something I think that is definitely worth talking about LA Knight and, uh, Bray Wyatt. 
it's interesting that, uh, you know. I'm all in. It's it's, But here's the thing. We're waiting for that match, and it still hasn't happened, right? So it feels like, is this something that we're going to have to wait eight weeks for? You know, like, if it's, it's still, a rough If it's one. as good as it's been the last couple weeks, then I'm, I have no problem. We know these guys got the gift of gab. Like, here's the thing. The minute that bell rings, it gets a hell of a lot less interesting. Right. So yeah, I think you milk that puppy for all it's got until it's dry, and then you do the match, and then we move on. I will say this much: if you if you called the phone number, uh, it is it is interesting to hear the psychiatrist talk about Bray Wyatt on that phone uh, voicemail. So it's it's pretty weird, and it makes me think like we're in for some weird fucked up stuff. Especially where he said, "I don't want to be the fiend anymore." You know what I mean? So now it's like the 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 person that's hiding in the the darkness kind of thing is just okay. Well, that's the new thing now, and it's 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 an interesting dichotomy to have because he's going to be completely different in some form or fashion, and and I'm I'm curious to see how L.A. Knight continues after dealing with Bray Wyatt. Like what happens to LA Knight? Cause he just, he goes back and finds another feud where he's an asshole. No, like, I know. But like, that's the great part. He's, he's, he's Ms. Light. He's not the no. Miz, but he's that type of character. And he's the guy that like, there's always going to be a spot for him on the card because that motherfucker knows how to get heat, which means you're getting someone else over. The other thing too, is just, I missed the part of like anybody that faced the fiend had some like repercussions after the fact, like lost or had to leave or something like He's that. Not the fiend anymore, though. No, I know, but I'm saying. And like, LA Knight just came back, baby. Don't take him away from no, us. No, no, you no, no, make no, him no. Max Dupree again. No, I don't want him to be Max Dupree. But like, what? What if he was Eli Drake? Like, obviously, it's not going to happen. But like, I, I like the idea of you losing to the fiend and then you're different, you're changed. You know what I mean? So when I'm looking at it, I'm thinking that would be really cool. Like, really, really, really cool. I like that aspect of it. But if Uncle Howdy is uh, lurking or whatever, the Mad Hatter or whatever that mask is, 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 is sitting there in the darkness, eventually we got to know it's Bray. You know, like Bray's, Bray's against Bray, essentially. But this, to me, seems like it could be a good cinema match, personally. Because I think they can talk Knight a lot. Knight and Wyatt? Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be, it'd be interesting. But I think now with the crowds, it's a lot harder to do those. I agree. I agree. But if it's like a holiday one, then you're, you can get away with it, I think. Not like not like Santa fight? Claus. I mean, like during the time of the season. You want LA Knight to break down Bray's gingerbread house door and hit him with some candy canes? It's not what I'm saying, but I'd still watch ah. it. So it's whatever. Maybe get a ho, punch ho. under the mistletoe. Ho ho yeah. <laughs> ho ho yeah. Yeah. Let me talk to you. Ho ho ho. I think it'd be great, personally. Oh whatever. Fuck it. I'm going all in on it. It's fine. Let's do it. Let's do it. Anything else you've got in the old uh, shine, or we can get you going to heat. Um, I'm, what, what, what would you think was your favorite match of the week and not on pay-per-view? Not on pay-per-view. Mm. I personally, you know what, you know what, I'm going to say this and I'm going to, everybody's going to probably yell at me. I had zero expectations for Miz and Dexter Loomis. And that's I was very shine. surprised. Very surprised. That's what I, was, that's I, what I was would going say, for. I would say, and again, Obviously, because I, you know, I've worked in certain parts of wrestling and you hear like the background of why you do certain matches and stuff like that. And all I could think about when I was watching it was my, one of my friends who's a promoter says, you know, if I don't have trust in something, it's probably going to be a street fight because you can't fuck up a street fight. Right. And when I heard anywhere goes, I went, oh, okay, there's a pad there. But then I was like, I forget that Samuel uh, from impact is Dexter Loomis in my head. Like, I know he can wrestle. But he hasn't wrestled. You know what I mean? So it's like when I was watching him, I'm like, oh, no, he can do forward rolls. He's he's, he's, a, he's athletic. He can go. He's probably more athletic than The Miz. He's just got a creepy gimmick. And I went, maybe I'm maybe I'm not going to hate Dexter Loomis on the main roster. I don't know. 
I I will say that this was definitely a spot for him to succeed because the Miz, obviously, we know. Like, he may not be like the Dolph Ziggler type elevator between the ropes, but he's a different kind of elevator between the ropes just because that mental aspect and the chicken shit that he pulls, like, it just especially with a character like Dexter, like that really amplifies what he does best. And like you said, Dexter brought it too, which made it. And I, I thought this was a lot of fun. I loved it after the match with him handing out the money in the crowd. Then this takes it away. And then the Gano Gano comes out and they give it back. Like I, I thought that was a fun thing. It was a good way to take a character that probably is just going to hover on the lowerish mid card, probably his whole career. But I think that's perfectly fine because I think there are spots where, he's going to be valuable. And I think this was a good way to kind of debut him like in between the range show that he's legitimate, like kind of get the crowd behind him. That's why he's been working with the Miz. So I thought this was, a, it was, it was, it was something that I was curious if you felt the same way, because it did, it blew me out of the water in terms of expectations. I, yeah. I, like I said, we were kind of iffy about the whole thing and the execution was perfect. I did really appreciate him giving the money to the kids. I appreciate one of the kids looking at it, making sure it was real. Like that made me crack up. <laughs> and then of course, Johnny Spotlight, stealing the spotlight, of course, coming out, doing his thing, but putting the stamp of approval. You just, you just couldn't, you just couldn't nope, help yourself. Couldn't help myself. Couldn't uh, help yourself. But you know, they did the thumbs up and the the weird dad thing, and then they they went off into the sunset. So it is what it is. Um, but you know, we're one we're one member short of the way on Monday Night Raw. And I think she's, she's got her own thing going down. She's an in, we'll integral part later. of that that whole dynamic. And I, I'm thinking to myself, time's winding down. When that Royal Rumble hits, uh, she's coming. I think it's closer than you think because uh, when I get into my hope later, when I break down the, uh, what is it called? The Iron Survivor, Iron Survivor Challenge. Eliminator Extra the Iron, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. The, eli- the, yeah. the Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. Right you are, Ken. Yeah. I used to love she's that. She's in the show. playing game, as we'll say. So I'll, I'll head a little bit on Indy there and we can talk about it because I do think it's, they're doing some interesting things with her character, which doesn't really mesh with the way either. So it, it, uh, it'll be interesting with her. But I, I do love, uh, I don't know, it's something about, impressive like that's like how our theme song starts it's so random but it's just like impressive it like makes me pop a little yeah it like. just makes you smile i guess yeah um something that i necessarily would put in the heat nor would i put in the shine i am curious because you know how i feel about this i hate eight man eight person tags but there was some intergender stuff going on which made me excited it made me take notice stand up and go well, fuck, Mia Yim slammed the shit out of Finn Balor, and then, you know, Rhea did Rhea things. And all I could think about was, I think it's time. I think it's slowly. It's can, been time, baby. No, but, like, intergender matches, women are equal. They're just as kick-ass. Like, let's do it. And all, all I could think about was, these were the right two women to try something with. And as much as it was a throwaway, because it's not going to end, no matter what anybody says, <sighs> I was, I was at least interested in that aspect of it. And of course, Dom's Thanksgiving. We can't not forget about Dom at Thanksgiving. Dom doing great work with the, the digital team there with uh, Ray putting on his mask to answer a door and then like blurring out the painting. Like they went top shelf with that fucking whole thing. It was awesome. Uh, but I think the Judgment Day can do no wrong at this point. Yeah. Um. So this eight-man tag, I think you picked a good spot for it, like right in the middle zone because this is the way I put it. This was all shine until the commentary at the end of the match. Let's hit the heat. Get him off my TV, get him off my TV, get him off my TV. You know what the commentary looked at me dead in the eye and said after that match, which, you know, could have been the end of something, he said, this is far from over. <laughs> He's falling asleep. Fuck off. Like, it's just like, where do we go from here? You just had the two leaders fight. Good guys won. 
Then we do the eight-man tag where it's everyone involved and they're all mucking it up with each other, whatever. But it's like, you know, it could be like this. You could be like, oh, well, there'll be one more. But it's just like when we got to the eight, the four-on-four, it felt like that might be the end for it. And now we're like, we move on. But far from over, that means we're going to be seeing the same matches we've been seeing. I got to hear the same fucking lame jokes from like fucking Tweedle Tall and Tweedle Short fucking morons behind fucking... AJ. Oh, I thought and you were talking just, about the other two. I gotta two. see Mia and Rhea for that again. It's just like, it just, I'm like, I don't know. I just, I love everything Judgment Day. The OC honestly doesn't do much for me, if we're being honest. Like, the like, I just, I love AJ, but the other three I could take or leave. And them as a group, I could, especially as baby faces, like, woof. The Judgment Day I love. And everything Dom and Rhea do is great. Uh, Finn's amazing and Priest can go in that ring. But it's just like the thought of this continuing and being far from over I didn't even pick up on that to be honest. Right at the end of the match, like, I was literally, uh, I, I literally typed out my notes for the match. Yeah, put it under. I have, I have, I don't. I should probably call it shining heat, but I have likes and dislikes. It's been like that since we started doing this. Yeah. I've never changed it, and I had it under likes. And then the minute they said that, I just literally did what I said. Select all, copy, paste, paste, added the note. I just like, why? It's why do rough. You do this to me? It's rough. And again, at least it wasn't in war games because at least that would have been underwhelming, I think, personally. Well, then it, that probably could have been a definitive end, but yeah. Yeah, maybe. Wait, no, we're far from over. I didn't I didn't understand that, so thank you uh, for pointing that out. It hurt my soul. It hurts give all of edge, us. Give me Edge and Beth versus Rhea and Dom in an intergender. Maybe that's now that's else. a Royal Rumble I wouldn't mind. That's a Royal Rumble match. Hell yeah. yeah. That's Hell a yeah. Royal Rumble match because you keep Edge out of the, the Rumble. And that would be super fucking funny. You keep Rhea out of the Rumble too, because that because we we're pretty certain it's going to be Bianca, Charlotte, and Ronda Becky. So that means uh, there's no room for Rhea. So this is a good way to keep Rhea out of the Rumble, so you don't get the crowd rebelling. And then you know at WrestleMania you can do the Ray versus Dom, but it just it's <sighs> getting there is going to be exhausting. I get it. I get we it. We got two months. All right, time for things that don't really need any introduction, but I'm going to do some quick heats, real quick. <gasps> Hit row, chopper alert. Yikes. I can't believe how far we've fallen with that. Viking Raiders made them a fucking dinner plate. They were done. Oh, do my God. Do we agree gosh. that Hit Row needs to be heels, though? Yes, we yes. do. That's why you job them out so yep. now they can turn. Let's Absolutely. Move Moving on to other things. Uh, nothing on SmackDown because we already talked about that. Leaving uh, on Raw. Um, you know, it's difficult here. The Usos interrupting a, a Riddle and uh, Elias match and then all of a sudden out of nowhere they get a tag team match this coming week on monday all i could think about was what the fuck what the flying fuck like i don't i don't get this like they haven't won anything they haven't done anything and they, get they a won tag a match gentlemen they won one match yeah one match oh you look good like last week they surprised me fine get a couple of dubs and then come talk to me but don't sit there and be like you farted next to the champions and you get a championship title shot give me a fucking break Give me a I would, if I were the Usos, I would have said, you only the ones, now go get a twos and then talk to us, you motherfuckers. You've got one victory. One fucking victory. Again, the tag team division is in shambles, in my opinion. No, it's not. It's not. It really is They need to get the belts off of them, there's, then. There's a million good tag teams. It's just they're all stuck because the Usos are hoarding. Yeah. Welcome to the edition of Hoarders. Bloodline edition. Bloodline edition. <laughs> we hoard At all the champions. Solo gave his back. Yeah, Solo's gave his back because, you know... What are you going to do with it? But whatever. Fuck it. Uh, anything else that I would say is not great? Okay, so Bray Wyatt's logo pops up behind Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss zones out. I'm interested in that portion of it. 
But I'm thinking, is it Bray Wyatt and Alexa? Is it Bray Wyatt infecting Alexa so that Alexa can then turn on Belair? That's interesting enough for me. I think, but I, I don't know like if I want it. Belair, I mean, Alexa was distracted slash kept staring at the title, distracted, kept staring at the title. So I do feel like a Belair-Alexa match makes sense. They obviously teased it even before they were kind of together because obviously Asuka's just happy to be there at this point. So Belair-Alexa is the point that I think sets it up. But I think it's all intertwined. I think you're on to something because I think once Alexa takes that L, um, that's when we see her get deeper into the Bray web and we figure out what's actually going on there. Right. Uh, something else that really upset me, Dakota Kai and Candice starting pitcher and pitcher. That fucking pissed me off so bad. It was like a half hour though. No, I know, but it was just, it was just so bizarre. Cause I was like, this is a very crucial point. She came back, she got jumped. It was like, that's what you need to see. You need to see, like, they didn't do a good enough job in that portion of, like, the production of it. And I just, I really, really fucking Were threw you me doing hour commercial free? No, I know. I know. It's a tough spot to be in. But Candice LeRae can be a real good, serious baby face here, I think, going well, forward. I think good. I think the crowd likes her. Um, she's got a great moveset. Uh, she seems likable enough. So, I, I, you know, when I watch her, I go, okay, like, she's she's in the category of Alexa Bliss for me. Like, you can you can do whatever you want with her. In a different way, yeah. For me, I I I know because I obviously have the similar hair and stuff, but it's just like Alexa for me is like probably like seventy percent character, thirty percent wrestling. Candice is probably seventy percent wrestling, thirty percent character. So they're kind of like the inverse of each other. So I get it, but I I just the one thing I worry about with Candice and I like it's she's almost too good for her own good, kind of like Dolph, where I think she's gonna be like. A kind of kind of like Finn has been like you, those guys that just kind of get in the spots where you're constantly elevating others. I think she probably might get her chance at some point under Triple H, but it'll probably have to be there in the off season time. But we'll see. But either way, it's just having her around is just good because she just has good matches, man. So she does. She has really good stuff, and I think she can help a lot of different people. So and she's been around forever. So you know, it's yeah. nice to see that as well. Um, I'm not going to go down and drag everything else. I think we should get hopeful. Would you like to get hopeful? Glorious, you're my only hope. I tease it in WrestleMania NXT. NXT, they're doing the Iron Survivor ladder, dominator, super duper, whatever challenge where they take five people and they do a bunch of shit and someone wins and that's the number one contender for the main title. We have five men and five women. On NXT, we had all these uh, little uh, fucking weird ass round tables with a bunch of olds talking about the youngs, about who's good and who's not good. And, uh, Road Dog likes Von Wagner and Zoe Stark. That tells you all you need to know. Uh, but you know what? We're going to get here. So my hope is going to involve picking the winners of these matches, and I'm going to work us through it. We'll start with the men, because that's what I've written first. We have the already qualified. We have Melo Don't Miss. We have J.D. McDonough, Grayson Waller, Joe Gacy. Those are four JC guys right there. It's like I'm booking this fucking match. But then we look at the play-in game, and it's Von Wagner, Ox- Axiom, and Andre Chase. Not JC guys. It's weird in WrestleMania, but I like Von Wagner by far the best of those three. But when I'm looking at the males match, it's four heels. So it kind of has to be Axiom or Chase winning this. I think it's going to be Axiom because he can do the super duper flippy dippies. But I know you made a good compelling argument for Chase off the air. We can maybe talk about later. But that gets me to the match. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, I really feel like Braun Mellow's like the WrestleMania level match. But I think they might give it away here. Because we've seen Gacy and Braun. And even though Gacy has like a little more elevated now, it doesn't make sense. We've seen Braun JD a million times, which I'd take it again. 
it doesn't feel like this is the time for Waller, even though this would be a really cool fucking spot to have him win. So I just think like this is Melo's time. Like they've kind of broke him down by losing to the Wesley and losing his title. Like this is a chance for him. And now we either decide like, cause Rumble's coming up. Winner has a title, loser main roster bound immediately. And I, you could make a case for either one. So I'm going to go with Mello, and that's my hope because I think it would be really cool. But we're looking at the women's now, the automatic qualifiers. Zoe Stark, Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, and Kiana James. The surprise auto one, but it's probably because she beat, uh, I think, Fallon Henley earlier in the night. But Fallon, was, Henley, uh, Fallon Henley should be in this fucking thing. That's my right, we'll We'll get to Fallon Henley because WrestleMania, she is in the play-in game with Indy Hartwell, who's impressive, and Wendy Chu. Um, and I'm looking at that and it's just like, I think Indy's character, like they're clearly teasing like this heel thing with her, like her getting mad at Roxanne for not talking. Like it just, it's, it's interesting because Indy's such a beloved character and them breaking her down. It does feel like that Fallon Henley's probably going to get in this match because Wendy Chu seems kind of all over the place right now and calling Cunty Cora on Twitter, which I think Whoa, is fucking yeah. on that two weeks in a row, WrestleMania. So good for Wendy Chu, but I think Fallon Henley will come out of there. And I mean, it just. This feels like an, inter- like an interesting spot because we're like, who's going to take on Mandy? Well, she hasn't taken on Kiana James yet, but we don't fucking want that match. I don't know if it's if it's time for Roxanne Mandy part three or whatever it would be because I do feel like the next time they fight, Roxanne's taking the title off her. So I think this might be a good spot for Cora Jade, and that's kind of my hope. She has a lot of momentum going right now. Obviously, it sets up the heel versus heel. It doesn't bother me because, honestly, this will probably make Toxic a little baby face in this just because Cora's done such a good job. And I want to kind of see this better version, much improved version of Cora Jade take on Mandy. Cause we haven't seen the heel Cora take on Mandy. We only saw like the fruity baby face that people like love hated with. So I think that would be interesting. So Braun Mello and uh, Mandy Cora would be my hopes because I think those would be the most interesting matches we could get at this point. So hashtag JC's hopes come true. Hashtag JC knows hashtag million dollar um ladder challenge world cup extraordinaire tournament of survivor irons i will say this much i am <laughs> i am not excited for the actual match i'm just not it's interesting i'm i'm intrigued i'm intrigued i will say last night on nxt on tuesday they did a fantastic job with the discussion and the panel and making it feel like it wasn't just wins and losses when they when they said that thing about let's not look about analytics cuz none of us like analytics let's look at it from like calendar year to calendar year. When I heard that, I went, that right there sold me on it. Like, that was a fantastic little nugget because all I could think about was, yes, there have been amazing people on NXT who don't necessarily have the best win or loss record, but have really contributed throughout the entire year. So if deadline is, is going to be like that every year, then I'm okay with it because I think that gives some value to your whole year. You know what I mean? I'm getting a little bit Would weird. you say that that is impressive impressive yes i don't know i never even noticed that until you fucking everything every time i hear it now i just i love it it's becoming one of my favorite themes but i do want to say shout out our boy tj who is back on the nxt beat uh if you haven't noticed on jobberknocker.com he is back on the nxt beat and he has another article to get you caught up on nxt provides analysis so make sure you check that out on jobberknocker.com as well as the joe stoppers aw report which is still going strong baby yeah, they're doing a great job over at Jabberknocker.com. The rivalry is back. The TJ Joe rivalry. Yeah. It wasn't a rivalry that Joe likes to make a rivalry. So yeah, well. Let's win it back, baby. Joe, take things of TJ in your articles again. <laughs> I don't know. They might have to be separated. They're already separated by towns and states and stuff. <laughs> by, by, like, the country. By a whole, yeah, whole whole width of the country. But that's okay. By a couple hours southwest flight. So. That's true. 
you know, or JetBlue, whatever. It's fine. JetBlue is way better, but JetBlue is way better, but that's fine. Yeah, JetBlue is the go. Anyway, my hope is very specific about one Austin theory. I love the fact that he got the United States Championship back. Uh, he got his shit back. But if you watch the pregame of the bump for Survivor Series, which a lot of people did not, he, was a thing. he went around outside of Boston and just started nailing marks with shit. And he kept saying stuff like, John Cena's from this place. I'm better than John Cena will ever be. And I'm just thinking to myself, holy good goddamn. This is gonna, this is gonna come to a climax. Let's get it going. Come Tuesday? Come Tuesday. As our wagon says. I I was so excited and I thought to myself, oh God. He has the ability, he being Austin Theory. He has the ability. I don't know if you saw his uh, Instagram or Twitter. He put on a Red Sox jersey with his 97 saying, like, I'm the future, A-Town down, whatever. The future is now, right? All I could think about was this kid could go on a fucking tear. This kid could go on a rampage beating everybody. Like, do everything John Cena ever did in his career. Except for Roman Reigns. Right. But, like, all I could think about was, like, let's say John Cena up until he became world champion, right? Like, let him let him do the, like, the jokey word life stuff. Let him be a rapper, do an inner, I mean, this doesn't really make sense, I guess, in terms of chronological, but have him do the United States Open Challenge. Do all these things. Have him go on to a movie set. Have him be, you know, when they do the promotional shit where they're sitting in a dark room in a hotel and they're like, oh, my movie's coming up and some schmo asks a question and sits across from somebody. Have him interrupt that and sit across the table for, you know, John Cena or something. Like, that's, this is where this kid needs to go. This kid needs to keep racking up W's. This kid needs to go full John Cena until WrestleMania to prove that he's better than John Cena and just keep poking the bear until you hear... And he comes out. You know what I mean? And that's that's where we're headed. Because I think I hope so. I think you've you've nailed it so many times. There's such a comparison between the two in general. They had that one off with the, the, the Cena anniversary thing on Raw. It was wonderful. But all I could think about was this guy needs to double down. This guy needs to just find anything and everything Cena's ever done and just pluck it apart. Because I think having Theory do that with Cena not there will be so much beneficial to his character, to his development, to getting even more boost. Because we've already booed him as the, like, the McMahon hand-picked, you know, pansy-ass motherfucker. But now... McAfee's opponent. Like right. Just, yeah. Like, now he's the now. Right? That's what they call him. He's the now. And if he goes up and says, you know, my your time is up, my time is now... You want him to be the forever? The forever. Yeah. yeah. What a terrible name that would be. But <laughs> The then, now, forever? The then, now, forever together. But yeah. he needs to go full John Cena here. Like, I don't care if he wears the fucking, the the chain around him, whatever. Chains his gear to baggy, baggy shorts. Going to- he's Untouchable, eight. he's forcing you to Oh my him. God, if he did that, I would fucking lose it. I would think that's the greatest fucking thing ever. I just, I just think that this kid has so much potential in terms of poking the greatest of all time to a point where he has to do something. You know what I mean? I think that's that's where I'm headed here. But I want to see a commitment. I want to see Austin Theory drop Cena references from now until Cena comes back. It has to happen, and it has to happen in not just a subtle way either. Just flat out, let's do it. You know, steal moves. Win with the if if no one's gonna win with the five knuckle shuffle. Right. Win with the five knuckle shuffle. Uh, that A Town down fucking thing is a setup move anyway. If he does the FU better than John Cena, 
let him fucking have it. Like, let's do this, right? I think having him steal John Cena's moves going forward, having him do the five knuckle shuffle and calling the it five something, moves to do the five move, have him do the fucking the fucking spin around thing, have him do the you can't see me, do everything. Shoulder tackle. Have him have him cut a fucking promo. Go, ladies and gentlemen, tonight I'm gonna have a one on one discussion with John Cena. And then backstage is just him interviewing Invisible Air, stuff like that. Go cheeky, go full, go full fucking heel. Be like, John, how are you doing? And I expected that much. Shit like that. Just let's fucking go. Let's fucking do this because I was, I'm was i so amped up that he fucking won by accident the Survivor Series that I just think, like, this kid is going to go ass over tea kettle at WrestleMania for John Cena. Let's fucking, let's just go the whole way. I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for it. That's my hope. Good. Don't call it a comeback. They were gone and now they're back. Dun, dun, dun. Over at Solo Cup, I should have brought on goddamn poor prop management on my part. I think my Solo Cups are blue though. So, do we have orange? We could get orange. We both like orange. I know, but they there's a red, so that's why I was trying to whatever. But Street Profits are getting my comeback. They're a stud. They're a great tag team. Montez Ford is a stud. Angelo Dawkins is a stud. Uh, I believe they uh, defeated the Alpha Academy. Is that what happened on Raw? I believe there um, was a giant frog splash. There was, and there was, and uh, they're a fun team. Obviously, they've probably done almost all they can do with the Usos, so they're either coming back just to, you know, have great matches and be the fun, super-loving Street Profits, or break up at some point. I don't know, but either way, it's good to have them back in our TV. That means Montez is healed, and Angelo is good to go, and Raw is always better when the Street Profits are part of our three hours on Monday, so they get my comeback. Not to be full Austin Theory all day, but imagine Austin Theory defending the open challenge against Montez Ford. That'd be good. Holy fuck, would that be great? It'd be so be good. good. So good. So good. good. Right? I, I just think that, like, the open challenge opens the door, no pun intended. There's so many fun little one-off It'll things. It'll probably be Ali, because that's who always answers the open challenge when he loses. The open challenge Ali, machine. Ali, Ali. Yeah, uh, awesome. Uh, my comeback goes to one big body, Javi. I cannot believe I'm saying this, folks. I was watching NXT on Tuesday with that promo with Mackenzie Mitchell, and all I could think about was... This guy has such a punchable face. I fucking hate him. It's, I hate him. He's he is. Good. He already aggravates the fuck out of me. And I'm just like, what fucking gold can this guy find? Because when he was doing, yeah, Adam Judge. And she's like, you mean Aaron? He goes, no, Adam's his middle name. Boom. Had a fucking response. I'm like, that kid is money on the microphone. In the ring. It's also the most personality Mackenzie Mitchell's ever had in interviews. Yeah. The one she's done with Big Body Javi the last few weeks. Mackenzie Mitchell being the foil for Big Body Javi is <laughs> awesome. Like, the fact that she's like, no nonsense, no nuts. Like, this is exactly what you're supposed to say. Like, oh, Axiom's here. You can finally have that match. And you fucking tried to pick a fight with him a couple weeks ago. Like, all of that shit makes sense to me. I think Big Body Javi is going to be a really good mid-carder on the main roster because he has a punchable face, he talks a lot of shit, and he's delusional, which I just sometimes gravitate to the delusional a little bit. Present he's discount included. Grayson Waller, and Grayson Waller's on the up and up somewhere soon, so they're going well, to need someone factory. to fill that void. It's a fucking yeah, factory. Exactly. They, need the, they need the next, they need Grayson Waller light? Well, that's Big Body Javi because right. it's one of those things like, it just it's the same kind of trajectory. Whenever this guy's on my TV, I'm like, fuck, this guy sucks. And like he's not that good yet, like actually, but he's really good at being annoying, so it's working. It was the exact same thing as Grayson Waller. And then there was just a week like that, it clicked, and Waller became my guy instantly. I was like, this guy's amazing. And since then it's just grown and grown. 
this guy's gonna probably do the same fucking thing. He is. Oh my god, he is insufferable. But here's fucking. here's the thing too that big makes, body hobby. What a fucking dumb name, but it works. I know. The other thing too was like get rid of his last name. He has to be big body hobby. That's it. He like, will be eventually. But here's the other Looking thing too. Bernal. Yeah, Bernal. But like here's the other thing that makes me kind of chuckle. His 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 upper body. Is like a melted candle. There's nothing yeah, not, exciting not, about it. There's nothing big body. No, about there's nothing him. big body about him. Which again adds to the lore. It's just it it drives me insane. How I was watching it, going, I can fucking get behind this. So don't let me down because every time I pick something, I'm always definitely wrong about everything in this world. It's the Nestle Curse. As he's wearing the shirt, go to tpublic.com/slash/jabberknocker. Pick up your Nestle Curse T-shirt. It actually looks pretty good. I've only designed it. I've never actually seen it. So that's pretty good. Um, but uh, we should get to the big old finish. we got a lot to talk about here, so we should probably uh, muscle and hustle through this. Rapid style on uh, SmackDown. We have the World Cup Finals. Pew, 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 Ricochet versus Santos. Who you got? I want Santos. Yeah, me too. I do. Give me Santos. Uh, Raw, we have a tag team title match between the Usos and Elias and Riddle. By God. This is a thing. This is a fucking thing. And it's going to main Usos, event probably. So we can move on, but I'm scared the other two idiots are going to win by DQ, and this will continue because, you know. I just hope Elias turns on him because if it's not, then we're just – we're just waiting. Yeah, let's do AEW because it's tonight on Dynamite. We have match three in the I don't give a fuck open between Death Triangle and the Elite. Death Triangle leads to nothing. And it's a best of four. So clearly the babyfaces have to win this one. So what if they go down 3 0 and win four in a row? And then they can say Death Triangle. We've done that lead. before. I just, I don't get like this. I just, uh, it's this a could six. be a whole podcast and why I don't give a fuck about this, but it's not worth my time. Maybe at a later date when we get deeper into it and you, you people start to get fucking a little jet lag with it. Oh, uh, we have Anna J taking on Willow. Excuse me. Anna J A S taking on Willow Nightingale. I love Willow. I love Anna J. So we so, agree. This'll be a match. It'll be a match. That'll happen. Uh, we also have the Jade Cargill TBS championship celebration, but she fired my girl Kira Hogan last week and broke my heart. What if Kira Hogan is the person at the thrones? I mean, God, you're, you, the only person that I know might like Kira Hogan more than me is our boy Dom. She is an absolute fucking stud. He loves her because of her impact work. I love her because she has great hair and a nice bum bum, and she's actually pretty damn good in the ring too. And I'm excited now, maybe as a solo act, she'll be able to show it because she is a fucking stud. I could see her winning. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, if Amber, yeah. if, uh, uh, you know, Amber DeWayne going to win, then it's just, I don't know. I don't think Jade's losing that thing anytime soon because I think that. Where else does she go after that? Jade is so money and she's undefeated and her being undefeated is money. So money talks. We have a Danielson versus Dax Harwood internet jerk off match. It'll be good. Yeah, I just want, I'm sick of fucking Dax and Cash and singles matches. They are the fucking tag team champions of every promotion. I want to see them face the acclaimed until they do. Don't talk to me. Uh, MJF finally returns and uh, in front of a live crowd with the title. So this bothers the fuck out of me. Like, you you have you have him win, right? No, I thought it was perfect. No, no, so, so, so just, just, just let me, just let okay, me. Okay, talk. Just fucking stop. stop talk. On, stop, 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 stop stepping nah. on my dick. So anyway, so he wins. He has his amazing victory. He fucking cuts a promo in the in the press conference saying like Wednesdays are now you know fucking you know destination television. Then he doesn't fucking show up. And then he goes like, "You cooled him off. You cooled him off because now I don't are give you a shit." An idiot? No, I'm not an idiot. I'm saying I care a little bit less now that he wasted a week. Yes, he was on a movie set. That's fine. I have a question for you. Yeah. Is he a babyface or a heel? He's a heel. Thank you. 
What is the heel thing to do? Not fucking show up for work right after when you win the title to fucking piss everyone off. Because here's the thing. He shows up on Wednesday. He gets the fucking biggest celebration ever and treated like, oh my God, he's the greatest. Instead, they let Regal go out there, take all the heat. So then when MJF comes back, like, you know, people are probably still going to cheer because fucking he's the man. But it's also like now they've taken and look at you. You're upset. You're mad. You thought it was the wrong thing to do. Well, he's a fucking asshole heel. It was the right thing to do. It was fucking done perfectly. It worked out perfectly that he had it. Hell, he should fucking skip this week too and just do a satellite message and keep doing it every week just to fucking piss you off. Are, are you excited for his uh, yes. inevitable uh, match against Ricky Starks? Yeah, that's going to be fucking awesome. The lead up to that, I mean, if man, he shows that up. could be really fun. It's a shame that that's happening in a few weeks and we don't have longer to fucking go off between the two. But I think, like I said, I think it's kind of like a teaser. It's to kind of knock Ricky down and, you know, let him do his things until he can work his way back up. But uh, but I'm excited for that. Okay. How could you not be? Sorry. I just love when he does that. Just... His pose is great. Uh, anything else you got on AW? Let's move yeah, on. Yeah, happy birthday, Captain Charisma. Today is Chris John's birthday, as well as our boy, another Captain Charisma, Matt Safali, sharing a birthday. Two legends in one day, but uh, Christian Cage, yeah, the old man gets older, and, uh, you know, Jungle Boy's probably not happy today because he probably has to work on his enemy's birthday. So there's got to be a, a line in there about, you know, Captain Charisma and, and, and Matt Safali having, you know, similar dress taste, but I, I can't think of it right now. They both probably wear... Red pants, which, by the way, yeah. I am also wearing red pants. So. I don't have red pants, but I have red shorts that are one of my favorite pairs. Of yeah, I'm, I'm just a pl- I'm just happy you're wearing a shirt today. Sometimes you've done it half uh, half top, reverse Winnie I the mean, Pooh. That's only when I'm drinking pina coladas in the hundred degree heat. So still, one, you know what? That should be moment of the year in the Knocker Awards. Just FYI, you got you in the fucking pool. <laughs> that was great. So just say, hey, I had a good time. All right, you give yourself your own Knocker. It'll be great. I give myself uh, now. We're moving on. Anything else? Are we going to move on to, <laughs> to NXT? We're good. Are we uh, I think with NXT, obviously, okay. since we record on a Wednesday, we normally record on Tuesday. So next week we'll be previewing next week's and uh, likely the the Iron Survivor stuff. I think we just have a little open forum here at the end. WrestleMania. We already obviously talked about Bernal a little bit. I kind of talked about uh, the Iron Survivor challenges. But anything that you want to talk about NXT, let's put it on the table before we get out of here. I will say this much: everybody has kind of slept on this Apollo Cruise thing. Them at the diner. I was sitting there going. I don't think Apollo Crews is going to win, but they're making me think he is, which again is crafty, right? Because if Apollo Crews wins, then anybody in the Iron Survivor Challenge can win, right? So I think it's a nice dichotomy, you know, a little bit of an influx of what we could do here. Because um, I think they, they, keep, they keep saying Braun is being held down by the pressure of being champion. They keep doing that. And then like clairvoyant journal man, you know, writing his fucking thoughts down is eventually going to have a vision of him winning, which I just feel like there's going to be a big clusterfuck at the end of, of uh, deadline. You also kind of triggered something in my memory. When Apollo first showed up, he kind of had a moment with Mello when it was like, see you later. So if Mello won the survivor iron super trials of surviving, uh, it, it could work either way. The Hunger way Games would have been easier yeah, to say. The Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah I guess let's fucking call him Hunger Apollo, Games. That's... That would be a money match uh, in the new year as well. So, no, it definitely is. I will say that the diner segment was better than the fishing segment with Braun the week before, which, uh, yeah, that one did not get raised issues in the JC household. Fishing is is a, a relaxing sport so much that hey, you'll fall asleep. Our, our boy Safali, it's his birthday today. He He's a fisher. I like, I like fishing too, but... Uh, I went seeing my unbeatable champion just talk about how fishing is the reason why he's good at wrestling. Just uh, didn't your, really... Because your dad's a really, steiner. 
You know, it's like yeah, it didn't oh, really hit all the notes. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a rough go. It's definitely a rough go. But it was a, it was a little bit of a stretch. Uh, but that's pretty much all I could I wanted to add because I think NXT is doing a great job in general. But uh, that, I that, will say this because you know I like to shit on Chase University. I always shit on Andre Chase, and I find that girl annoying, Thea. Um, even though I agree she does have a bright future. Adding Duke Hudson to them has made them one of my favorite things every week. He is so good at just because he looks overgrown with like the, the Andre Chase shirt and the headband, and he just like you can just tell like two weeks ago this man decided I, or a couple weeks ago I'm all in on this, and it's just I love to see this because we we see it all the time like when we rave about guys like Sandow or whatever these guys get put in these comedy gimmicks that you know probably deserve better because they're like they're big like studs or whatever and i just like i really appreciate when they go all in and i what duke hudson has proven to me and this is like his eighth gimmick in wwe is that he's willing to go all in no matter what the cost and make it good so his stock in my books has gone way up he was a guy like you know i hated the fucking poker gimmick i fucking shit well you all said all that. in so i didn't know if it was uh by accident so by accident Oh yeah, poker no, all it, in. It, it was by accident because okay. that fucking poker game it sucked ass, and I'm glad they moved on from it quickly. But this just like it works because obviously Chase University had a hole with the guy who got fired, um, and it's working. I didn't know if it would work because I've never really cared about Duke Hudson except for when he was being creepy with Indy. Like that made me laugh a little bit. But like this is I, I care about him, and he's proving to me that this guy is an asset in this company. And he took something that I personally didn't enjoy that a lot of other people did. And now I'm in on it. I'm in on the fun. So, you know, I just wanted to give my props to Duke Hudson. He could have been a comeback opportunity if uh, the Street Profits didn't come back. I will say this much. I, I You're going to roll your eyes. But I, I, I see we're on a collision course with Chase U and the Schism. I hope that the schism just absolutely obliterates. I them. know, I know. I love. Here's the thing: the schism is such a bad gimmick, but all four of them are so fucking good yeah. that I just I have to look past the awful gimmick because the four of them are so talented. Four roots, one tree, baby. Every time I hear that, I want to gouge my ears, but that's fine. I don't know. I love Gacy's theme music. It's such a bop. I just bop, and it's it's not as good as impressive, but. Just bopping with the peace signs up, and they're just creepy. <sighs> on that on that note, I think we should probably wrap this shit up. Uh, thank you for listening this week on the Jobberknocker, and we'll be back next week with more Jobberknockery. And we hope that you thought we were impressive. <laughs> <laughs>